Welcome to the Solo 2.0 podcast, where two sisters, Jess and Rye, focused on health and hormone balance to help you step into that 2.0 version of you. Growing up, we heard all about hormones, sometimes more than we wanted, from our mom, who is a hormone health educator. As we got older, we rebelled and experienced our own health struggles and ups and downs. But today we have businesses helping people get in tune with their bodies, break free from restrictive eating and lifestyle habits, and learn how to balance their hormones naturally. So what can you expect from this podcast? Honest conversations and hot topics that should be more mainstream, like period health, cycle tracking, non-hormonal birth control, and our unique take on fad diets and trends that aren't always so supportive for women. Plus, interviews with health and wellness entrepreneurs making a big impact in the world. Ladies, it's time we align with our powers and redefine what healthy means to us. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to the Solo 2.0 podcast. This is Jess, holistic health coach and founder of Body Bliss by Jess. And normally we're joined by my sister, Rye Birch, co-founder of our family business. But she is actually with her fiance in South Africa right now for a friend's wedding, which is just incredible. And I'm living vicariously through their Instagram stories. Although I will say, I don't feel like they're posting enough stories for me to be able to stalk them the way that I like to. Um, So if you guys could just get on that, that'd be great. But no, I'm actually really glad that they're just being present and enjoying their vacation. And I'm excited to learn all about it when Raya's back because she and I usually text message every couple hours of every day, which is kind of ridiculous, but you know, we work together, we're best friends. So it makes sense. So anyway, I do miss her even when she's gone for a couple weeks and excited to catch up when she's back. So with that said, I am actually going to be interviewing our guests on a topic that is one I've really been wanting to talk about for a long time. So I'm really excited to have it. We're interviewing Julius and LaToya White, who are the sweetest newlyweds. They go by Juice and Toya. They are personal trainers here in Los Angeles, California. They own the company One Body LA. They have an incredible YouTube channel. You definitely have to check it out. Give them a follow. Um, They also have an app and They both have bachelor's degrees in nutritional science and sports medicine. Their guiding purpose for starting their program was to inspire and motivate as many people as they could to reach their health and fitness goals. And they understand that everyone's fitness journey begins differently with different end goals in mind. So they aim to create content that allows every individual an opportunity to get better each day, regardless of their fitness level, which I absolutely love. And I can tell you, they practice what they preach. They are just so amazing, so supportive. And in this conversation, we go really, really deep on strength training, the benefits of strength training. Um, As you listeners, as you guys probably know, Ryan and I are really into strength training because of the benefits that we've seen in our own life and for our clients when it comes to mental health, physical health, hormonal health. It's just incredible. And so I was really happy to dive into different terms like what is progressive overload and why is that a style of training that is so much more effective for seeing results and progress when strength training and really how to get started with it. We also talk about nutrition and why it's so important to get enough protein and just the importance of understanding what you're consuming. So we do get into some thoughts around macro tracking and calories and how to do it in a more abundant, sustainable way. Um, We also get into other things like what to do when curveballs come up or you have an injury or you get sick and kind of how to, you know, handle that in the moment when you have goals and you're also, you know, trying to see progress, but at the same time, 
wanting to listen to your body. And that can be really mentally challenging. So we talk about that. We also obviously get into Juice and Toy's story, just sort of how they met, how they formulated their business, how um, they grew their YouTube channel and now their app and a whole bunch of other things. So if you're interested in learning more about how to make progress towards your health and fitness goals in a real in a way that's really enjoy- enjoyable and supportive and fun and backed by science, then I definitely recommend tuning into this episode. It's going to give you so many tangible tools and tips and just ways to think about fitness um, in a different way than maybe you're used to. And I just feel like we could have talked about this for hours and hours more. I had even more questions. It is a bit of a longer interview, but I think you're going to be hooked um, by the information and I think you're going to find it really interesting and you're definitely going to want to connect with this power couple. So without further ado, let's tune in, let's get started um, and let's introduce Juice and Toya. Hope you enjoy the interview. Hey, Juice and Toya, welcome to the podcast. I am so stoked to have you guys on. It is like way overdue. So thank you so much for making the time. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having us on. Of course. Yeah. I think we first started talking about having you on, was it like two years ago or maybe a year ago, but it was a while. A while. Long overdue. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm actually glad that we waited because I feel like a lot has happened in your lives, just as far as like the growth that you guys have experienced on YouTube and your app and obviously getting married. Um, so yeah, I, I know, um, Poya knows, but Juice, I found you guys on Insta or not on Instagram on YouTube and was really just kind of shocked to see that like, I really feel like you guys are one of the only a couples, um, but just be in general people doing strength training workouts on YouTube that aren't like demos that you could do in a gym where it's actually strength training from home. Because a lot of the videos out there are like circuit training where there's a bunch of like high intensity workouts and cardio mixed in, and maybe you're using like five pound weights. Um, but there's not a lot of like straight strength, ta- strength training So I loved that you guys were doing that. And then when I discovered you had an app, I started using your app. And that was really when I started getting more serious about strength training and progressing and just kind of having a plan. And so I'm excited to chat with you guys just kind of about um, how you've evolved, but also really get into the nitty gritty around like the benefits of strength training, progressive overload, like nutrition, how to feel before and after a workout, um, the difference between like, should men and women work out the same way? So there's a lot for us to cover, but I want to just get started by, um, just having you guys introduce yourselves, maybe a little bit about your upbringing and then how you guys actually met and started dating before you got married, obviously. Ladies first. Yeah. So I'm Latoya. I grew up in um, a small town near Kansas City. I was actually born in Germany, moved to America when I was eight. So um, moving to America was big culture shock in terms of especially nutrition. Like growing up um, in Germany, it was like fresh breads and lots of like fresh produce and things like that. And I remember coming here and my mom being like, everything is packaged. Everything is packaged, you know? So from an early age, that 
was something that was instilled in me in terms of like nutrition. Um, and then just in school, I was always an athlete, ran track, ran cross country, played basketball. So going to college, I knew I wanted to do something like sports and nutrition related. Originally, I wanted to be a PT, had knee surgery, went through physical therapy and decided it's the most boring job in the world. I don't want to do <laughs> So going through it myself, I was like, I do not want to wake up every day and come do this. So um, that kind of, I kind of switched more towards nutrition and just, you know, used myself as my like demo through like changing nutrition. My nutrition was awful in high school because it was one of those, like, I can eat what I want. I can burn off the calories. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going on a run. Mm-hmm. So um, really like diving into the research and like, really through college learning it, that's kind of how I got my passion for understanding what calories are, how they work, how it plays into your strength training, your hip training, things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of how I got into personal training. So. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <When> <laughs> you married yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm Juice or I go by, well, I go by Juice. My name is Julius <laughs> White. I, um, I, my whole life, I grew up playing sports. Like my dad put me in sports when I was like six or seven years old. I was like playing a level up with like the older kids uh, just so I could play. I was just so interested in sports. I was always watching it. I was always active. Um, even like the era where video games were popular, like I was that kid that still liked to go outside and play with, you know, with my friends. So um, I've always been active. Um, played uh, basketball, football, ran track. I tried baseball. It was too boring. So <laughs> it wasn't fast enough for me. So I uh, continue on, ended up putting a lot more focus on football. I realized I wasn't going to be like 6'6 and be able to play basketball because point guards are super tall now. So I was like, all right, I'm going to focus yeah. on football. Uh, put a lot of energy into it and ended up getting a scholarship and played collegiately at uh, Rice um, where I studied kinesiology. And, you know, I was playing football. I was, pre- I was pretty good. If I don't, you know, I can brag myself a little bit. <laughs> yeah, teach your own horn. Let's go. A little, little bit. I, I, I thought I was okay. Um, and I got an opportunity to potentially play in the league, but it just didn't work out. And from there, I had to find a new passion. You know, as a kid, I looked, I wanted to play football. My dream was to play in the NFL and to get to that point and not quite make it was kind of tough. So I had to kind of reroute my career and find something that was similar and fulfilling something, you know, try to find a whole new passion. And that was difficult for me. So uh, honestly, I, I came back home to Houston and I just up and left to LA. I was like, I need something different. I need to change. I need something to give me some inspiration. And then that's when I really, um, you know, I was actually training at a gym or working at a gym uh, just so I could stay in shape to potentially keep playing that didn't end up happening. So that's kind of where I fell in love with personal training is where I, I would see people and see how people would come in. And LA is such a different dynamic. LA is like, you know, everybody takes care of themselves. Like not to say the other states don't, but um, you, you see how much people care about how they look and how they feel. And it kind of just rubs off on you. So that's kind of how I developed a passion for personal training. Yeah. And that's when I met this one. You can. Yeah. yeah, let's hear your love story. Yeah. So we both, I mean, there's so many things that happened before, but we both, long story short, ended up working at the same gym. Um, I originally applied at a different gym. So did he. He showed up and they were like, no, your interview was at 1230. He's like the email says 12. We're like, sorry, you missed it. And he's they like, lie. okay. So all these things that didn't work out to where we both ended up applying at the same gym. Um, we both were hired. So at the gym we were at, it was like, you know, you're onboarding for a long, you're pretty much spending 16 hours a day with the people that you're working with. You're there from 6am, sometimes 5am until like 
8, 9 p.m. Typical it's a long of a train. Day. You have to be there. If you want to get more clients, you just have yep. to be seen as much as possible. So. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's for us, it was like we were there all day long. And so we became really good friends. Um, and I'd say probably like a year and a half into it, we started dating after a year and a half of like, you're just my friend. You're just yeah. my friend. Yeah. So and we, when we first met, we were in prior relationships. Yeah. Too, so, uh, you know, we were just. Like just friends, really, really friends. just friends. And Sorry, like, I'm not allowed to be attracted. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think for us, it was like, we had such similar interests and grinds. And I, at, when we started at the gym a month later, my mom had passed away. And so I'd moved from Missouri to LA. I had no family here. I had one friend here that I knew in Missouri. That was it. So mm-hmm. my gym family became my family, you know? And so, um, he was really great when my mom passed away and like such a good friend along with, you know, a lot of other coworkers there to where, um, just kind of you surround yourself with the people that have like similar, once my mom passed away, it was like, I have to figure this out. I had five younger siblings, one older that, yeah. you know, we don't have a mom or a dad now. And so it was mm-hmm. like, my grind of like, I have to succeed now. And he was the same way where he's like, I'm finding a new passion. You know, the NFL didn't work out. So we had similar, like we moved to LA, we either make it or go back home. And that wasn't an option for either one of us, you know? So, um, that's kind of how we kind of went, started our business together too, where it's just like, we just were so similar in like the passion that we had and Mm -hmm. wanting to help others, you know? So, Yeah. yeah. Both had the the drive. I think that's what I was just sort of missing, and I guess yeah. in partners, just having someone I could be inspired by. So yeah. she's a she's definitely a uh, she's a soldier. For sure. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool that you guys had the foundation of friendship first, because that really should be the foundation for any healthy relationship. But a lot of times, people jump in like hot and heavy, and there's all that lust, and then you figure out like, oh, we actually don't even really get along that well. Um, <laughs> Or like have anything in common. And I think, especially when you're growing something, um, I mean, it sounds like both of you guys, the gym was your start off, like it was your jump off, but it didn't sound like it was like your end all um, that you had like much bigger dreams beyond that of like running your own businesses. And obviously, like you said, you're both really driven and, um, I think going through those hardships, obviously I would never wish that upon anyone, but it does make you stronger and it makes you more resilient and also made you guys probably more connected to each other because of what you'd both been through. And so, yeah, I'm so glad that you found each other. And I would love to hear like the part two of the story of how you left the gym you were at and started um, your business. And did did it start out as like personal training or was it like immediately you guys started the YouTube channel? So um, I guess about nine months before we actually quit the gym we were working at, I was kind of already fed up and like I that was, I was planning my departure basically. <laughs> so I was looking up, you know, how to start. I knew I wanted to, you know, I guess that the gym we were at, they preached, you know, we want to give you a business within the business. You know, and you kind of learn a lot of the qualities of what it takes to run your own business and, you know, hold clients and keep them accountable, but also take care of them and make sure, you know, you're being a great trainer. And education. And edu- a, lot oh, of a lot of education. great education. So we were allowed to, we, it allowed us to kind of use that as a foundation to take that to our own business. But, you know, you're also able to see the downsides of, you know, working for that company. You're also able to see the downsides of it. And we can see yeah. like, all right, we want to do the opposite of that. We want to take those qualities and try to turn it around and make it something good. So nine months before I was already like how to start an LLC in Google, how to, <laughs> yeah. how to make a logo, how to use Photoshop. And then 
I was getting really into it to the point where I was, you know, jotting down notes on how to, you know, how we're going to start this business. And she kind of had no idea until like the summertime. And then she was like, she was kind of getting more fed up too. And that's when I was like, all right, I think we she's on board. She's on board. Here we go. I feel good about this. So, you know, I started making a logo. I learned Photoshop, started making a logo. I asked my dad for his, uh, his old hand-me-down <laughs> camera. And I was like, I want to learn how to use a camera. We need pictures because yeah. if you know, in LA, it's yeah. like, you would pay a thousand dollars for a shoot. And then you can only use those pictures for so long. Yeah, you know, that's you crazy. It's not sustainable. So I was like, I think I can do this myself. So learn camera, learn how to edit, whether it was pictures, uh, videos. And then it was around what, November, November of 2017. We had the LLC done. We had a logo. We had an intro video. Um, it was basically like everything was set up. So I wanted, number one, I wanted myself to be comfortable because that's a big leap just going from a corporate world to just doing everything on your own. Yeah. And I wanted to just make sure we had a great foundation just to sit on after we made that big move. And then she she was on board with it and <laughs> the rest is history. So it kind of, it, it started off as a personal training business. Yep. We just kind of took our business and the foundation of what we learned in, in the corporate world and just took it ourselves and, and ran it ourselves kind of yep. pri more private training. Yeah. So yeah. definitely started off personal training. Um, and then as far as the YouTube, I, we didn't start that until two years after that. Yeah. And that was because with our training, we had this mission to reach more people. So mm -hmm. That's kind of why we started our own thing. We we didn't want to be on someone else's time. You know, we wanted to eliminate all of the little things where we could be um, reaching a wider audience. And so that allowed us to have more time to create content. But it's hard. Um, it's, now it's a little different. You have reels and things like that. Mm -hmm. But at the time when it was just pictures or short 15-second videos, it was hard to reach an audience and grab that attention from video. For a video, you know? And so that's where we started the YouTube where we were like, if we create long form content, yeah. um, also with YouTube, if you're going to YouTube to you're watch something you're looking for, it. <laughs> yeah. with exactly. rolling, it might catch your eye. You might stop and look at it and then you keep going. Yeah. But on YouTube, if you're searching you strength training workout, you're, you're wanting to watch that. You didn't just stumble across it looking for new shoes. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, that was kind of how we got into the YouTube but then when the pandemic hit, we were, what, we'd had our channel for like six months when the uh, pandemic hit? It was about... Like July. About eight months. Yeah. yeah. And oh my we, God. Such good timing. Well, we had done zero follow on workouts. We were doing zero. more like, like, like what you were saying, like teaching people like more gym, like workouts oh, okay. tips and tricks, yeah. you know, just ways to develop a program within a gym. So it was kind of, we just throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. We didn't know. We knew we wanted to provide longer form content, but we didn't know like necessary we didn't have a necessarily a, a, a focus if yeah that makes sense. and we would do strength training workouts but it would be more like fast forwarding through the workout we'd be like here's the set okay now you, two more sets. you know what i mean so yeah when the pandemic hit we actually started follow along as a way to send to our clients, clients. because that was when yeah. gyms were shut down mm -hmm. for two. so we're yeah. like okay, we'll shoot a few workouts that you can follow along we'll do it with you um, and then two weeks turned into a month and two months and three months. And we were like, when are we going to see our clients again? Yeah. So that was a way for us to still create workouts for our clients to do. We had no idea that people in London would be doing the workouts yeah. or people. Like we just literally posted it online. We were like, all right, let's just put it online. Obviously yeah. other people could use this. And yeah. we started getting comments and it started to slowly grow, but then it hit a point where like we, everybody realized like, all right, we're going to be in this position for, a for a while. Yeah. It's gonna be a yeah. while. Everybody started, you know, committing to developing their home gyms and people were buying dumbbells asking us what weight shall I buy? Yeah. And yeah. that's how we started to grow. And 
expand the YouTube from the yeah. beginning. Yeah. And we wow. do strength training. Like that was our thing was strength training. And so we had to learn how to strength train from home. So I think kind of where you said it's hard to find that um, where you can do it from home. We had to learn how to do that. We didn't you know, even have weights. Yeah. We had, we brought <laughs> On Facebook marketplace because we we're, I mean, we worked we at gyms it. all day long. So we, we never worked out yeah. at home. And then our apartment complex actually had a gym. So we didn't own any equipment. Um, and so then when everything shut down, we were like, we need to learn how to strength train at home. We don't have machines. We don't have a squat rack, you know? So that's kind of where the strength training came from because we live on strength training. So I was like, I can't just go on runs every day. Like or do body work. I, yeah, I need Which is great, strength. But, so, you know, when you're used to lifting heavy weights, yeah. you can go from that to body weight. It's a big, yeah. yeah. I just depleted and I was like, uh Oh <laughs> Oh yeah. No, I mean, I'm surprised you got all the dumbbells you needed because I could not like my husband and I could not find certain dumbbells. Like they were sold out everywhere. Like we had random assortments. Yes, It'd be like yes. 10 pounds, 12 pounds. And like, oh, there's no 15. There's no 20, but there's like a 25. And yeah. you're just like trying and to just it together. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it was rough. It was, we had, I remember our first dumbbell workout we filmed. We had to write on Instagram, like, does anyone have a pair of dumbbells we can borrow? And one of us. <laughs> was like my cousin in Encino has some and so we were like we'll drive to pick them up That's like good. I mean we were and there was a 10 pound and a 20 and 25 or something, something random like we were like we'll take it whatever it is like Dang. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. I remember there was like people doing workouts with like wine bottles. They're like, grab a couple of wine bottles. Like I did that for a while because water I jugs. yeah, water jug. Yeah, broomstick as a barbell, put the water <laughs> jug, broomstick, like I oh mean, my God. Everything. So that's so um, awesome that you guys like innovated in that way and you just got up with the times and you just like did what you had to do because I mean, there are so many people that were home that were needing that and craving that support and didn't know what to do to your point of like when you've never worked out from home and you're used to going to a gym or maybe, I mean, I think for a lot of people when that hit, it was like the first time that they actually felt like they had the time to commit to uh, follow along workouts or like working out in general because they are just home. And a lot of people had, you know, crazy jobs or new moms or whatever. And so I think, you know, it, it went both ways. Some people went the direction of like, just kind of like drinking and eating more and just like chilling. And then other people were like, oh, this is the time that I'm going to get in shape and focus on my fitness. And so I'm curious, like, I have so many questions around your YouTube channel, but just since we're on this topic for somebody who like wants to do your follow along workouts, you guys have an app now, but what would you say is the best place to start for home equipment? And is it possible? I know the answer, but is it possible to get in a really good workout just doing it from home? Yeah. Um, I think equipment wise to start off, I think dumbbells because they're usually the least intimidating. We love kettlebells. We love barbells, but they can be intimidating to where people, especially with kettlebells, we get a lot where they're like, I don't know what to do with it. And <laughs> oh, it ends oh, up collecting dust, yeah. you know? So mm-hmm. we love kettlebells. We love barbells and so much other equipment, but I feel like dumbbells, if you're just starting, it's the least intimidating mm-hmm. usually. Um, and I feel like it's also the easiest to be able to bec- to progress in weight. So dumbbells, you can find like two and a half pounds heavier or five pounds heavier. You can slowly (laughs) progress. Whereas like kettlebells, it might jump up four kgs, which is eight pounds. That might be a lot progressing in certain exercises. You know, um, we have, a um, what's the word beginner dumbbell strength workout where we, um, 
cue. What am I? Yeah, we, the we give you like verbal cues verbal throughout cues, the workout. Yeah. So we don't like to, you know, rah rah you throughout the whole workout yeah. because we. <laughs> Um, there are a lot of different and amazing channels on YouTube, but a, a lot of the, the uh, other fitness channels, you know, they put out workouts like every other day to yeah. where it's like it gives you something new. Whereas us, we're like, you know, realistically, if you're following a workout or a program, you're most likely to do that workout again and to see how you're progressing, exactly. progressive overload. Right. So we want people to put more quality into the videos to where people would want to do them over and over. And if you're doing the same video over and over, you, you can actually track how you're progressing. You know yeah. what I mean? If you're doing a different workout every other day, you can still progress, especially if it's the same structure. But if it's you, you really don't have a way to see how you're progressing if you're Measure. doing the same, you know, sort of. Um, you know, workouts and exercises every time. So yeah. um, that was just kind of our theory in the beginning. And then also into your question, yes, you can get great results doing, you know, fall. and I was against follow along workouts from the very beginning. I, I, I didn't really, because I, I know I did them in the past, you know, the P90Xs and stuff, but <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't really, I was so, um, I built my body in a gym. So that was what I knew. And it was just kind of, it wasn't a space that I was familiar with to where, yeah. I could see the benefits of doing it. But as I was, uh, you know, I, I did my research and I started to create the, the video and, and do it myself, yeah. you know, and you're like, whoa, it's no joke, especially yeah. <laughs> when you, especially when you're under a time limit, too. Whereas yeah. you can do a set, chill on your yeah, phone your for phone. five minutes. Yep. You know so I mean? true. The set. So these workouts give you a sense of pace. They give you a sense of, um, you know, motivation. A lot of times it is a follow along. So you have yeah. to, you're more engaged with the video. You're more engaged with the workout, especially like working people. They don't have an hour to work out yeah. like we do. You know what I mean? Most people have 20 to 30 minutes to give lunch them a, break. a lunch yeah. break workout and that's it. So we're trying to pack so much structure and so much, you know, in a way that's easy for people to follow and they can feel like they got something out of it and yeah. still, you know, see if they can progress from week to week, month to month or whatever. I think yeah. to add that too, I think um, the biggest thing that we saw too were people were intimidated to strength train at the gym. Correct. So a lot of people actually would go to the gym, hop on the treadmill, hop on the elliptical because they were intimidated to pick up weights if yeah. they didn't know how to do it. So we noticed a lot of people were commenting, like, I've never done strength training before. I bought some dumbbells. I'm going to try it out at home. At home, no one's watching you. You're comfortable. Yeah. You can see us doing the movements. And like yeah. when we're cueing, like, you know, tighten your core or, you know, giving your cues, like extend through your hips or whatever, mm -hmm. where you're not at the gym you're like, is my back flat? Like, you know, am I doing this right? And then you're intimidated and then you don't do it. So yeah. I think a lot of people, they so, learned and now they're in the gym where they're yeah. like, I, this is my first time ever getting a gym membership and touching the weights, yeah. you know? So it's really cool to see that confidence that they grew at home to where they're like, let me get in the gym where I have heavier weights or I have yeah. different equipment that I've never used before. Yeah. So. And then even though we're gym rats, we do the workouts ourselves. I think yes. a lot of people think we just put them together and like, yeah. Whatever. There are days we don't feel like going to the gym and we'll throw on a video and yeah. we'll be in here sweating at more than we do at the gym yeah. sometimes. <laughs> um, I love that. I love the point that you made about, because I, I think it's, it's so important for people to know with anything, like with any lifestyle change, whether it's nutrition or working out or mindset, like it really can't be zero to 60. Otherwise you're going to burn out. And I think, especially in the beginning of the year, like the new year, everyone's super motivated. And they're like, I'm going to go from working out once a week to like five times a week, an hour each time. I'm going to like, you know, completely overhaul my nutrition overnight. And you're going to get burnt out. It's going to be way too overwhelming. And to your point, you know, the gym can be somewhat of an intimidating place. Um, it's 
unfortunately still mostly males and it's awesome to see a lot more females in there but it is when you're you're looking around you're seeing a bunch of guys who are grunting and like lifting super heavy weights and then like you don't know what you're doing and then you also I think too as a female I mean I was just telling my husband about this there's like that little anxiety like I was telling Josh I'm like I feel like I used to feel so much anxiety around like a guy coming up and like correcting my form or something or like trying to talk to me, you know? And it's like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want anyone correcting me. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, people do that. It's, it's like, Oh, can I give you a tip or whatever? And it's like, no, I don't want you to give me a tip. And a hundred percent. No, it just eliminates all of that. And, and again, you know, honestly, if we could work out from home, we would build up a whole gym set up ourselves. Yeah. And you know, if we could, so if I had a garage, if I had a garage, garage would be, be a gym. That would, that <laughs> yeah. would, so, I mean, honestly, it's the more ideal way it's convenient. You walk out of your bed, go into your garage or whatever your workout space is, get your workout. And there's literally no excuses compared yeah. to, you know, back then it's so easy to wake up in the morning. It's like, Oh, I got to drive to the gym. Yeah. Oh, I got to yeah. get through traffic. I got to beat the crowd. You know, it's just yep. so much stuff you don't have to, you know, avoid anymore. Yeah. You know? But I think it's to your point, it's really cool to start out that way. And then I felt like for me, you guys definitely helped me through the pandemic of just getting in that 20 to 30 minutes. Because before when the pandemic first started, I was doing these like crazy hit training workouts that were like, I don't know if you, uh, maybe I shouldn't say her name, but a, a lot of people love this trainer. She does like five day follow alongs, but they're all hit training and it's like 20 minutes. It's really hard. And from a hormonal perspective, it's not that great for women to be doing that I've, like five times a week. And I wasn't really noticing any results. I just felt like I needed to do it. And then I found you guys switched over to more of strength training, which I used to do, but I had gotten away from it. And just really got back in the groove with strength training. I got your app. And then once the gyms opened back up and I went back to the gym, I was so much more confident and motivated. And, you know, now it's just second nature to me. I have a my own trainer now. So I use, I still use your videos, but usually it's when I'm like training or I can't, yeah, you know, or sure. when I'm traveling, I mean. Yeah, That's um, the only thing. yeah traveling. They yeah. Come. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like now, now the gym to me again is just, I feel really confident when I'm there. I love going there. I feel like for me, it's the headspace of just separating my home where I do work from, you know, all the time because I work from home. So it's nice to have a separation of space of like, this is where I work, but then I get to go away and go to the gym and get in that hour and just really push it, have a really good playlist because yep. on myself, like put my head down, you know, just do my work and then go and start the day. So I think what you guys said, it makes so much sense. And I wanted to go back to juice what you were saying about progressive overload, because that's something that I really want to talk about and something that I didn't understand for years. And I don't want to say that I regret, regret anything in life, but it is frustrating to know that there was such a more effective way of working out and seeing results. And for so many years, I was just going and like lifting random weights and, you know, constantly doing bicep curls that were like 15 pounds or 12 pounds and never really challenging myself. I never knew about RIR or like, 
you know, the last two reps should be the hardest. You know, I never knew about that stuff. It was just, oh, you go in, you do some random exercises and you leave. And then you start to feel really unmotivated because you're like, I'm working out four or five times a week. I'm not seeing results. Then I was taking random workout classes like on class pass where it's like, oh, I'm doing a random boot camp class this day and then this other class and I'm working out all the time, not seeing results. If anything, I was more inflamed and puffier. And so I would love for you to just break it down because I think a lot of people don't understand this concept and just start with first, why is it that doing a bunch of random workouts of like on class pass, which I mean, it can be great for the communal aspect and trying new things, but why is that not the most effective for actually seeing results? And then we'll go into progressive overload after that. Sure. Uh, I guess I'll start with, you know, if you have a goal, then it has to be a specific road to that goal, right? You can't just take all these random paths and expect to reach wherever you're trying to go. So that's, you know, there has to be some way of measurement, some way of scaling, like a business, for example. You, If you want to see where you're going to be in the next five years, you have to have some way of understanding, okay, I have to do this many sales, right? You have to understand how many uh, sales you have to make to reach this amount of money. It's the same thing with your body. If you want to, no matter if you're losing weight or trying to put on muscle, you know, let's say you want to put on, or, or lose 20 pounds, right? You have to understand that you have to have a way to measure to get to those 20 pounds. You're not just going to be able to do any random thing and then just look at the scale and be like, it's not down. It's not down. What's happening? Yeah. So you have to have a way to measure. So with that, you know, I think a lot of people, and then, and then I think it's a lot more with women, of course, just scared to move past that 10 pounds or that 15 pounds because you know it's 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 intimidating or they're scared to get bulky or get too big and too buff and too strong um i I think it's just getting a lot of people in general over that mindset that you can go up and especially everybody wants to tone look right you want to have a little bit of muscle mass you want those arms to pop a little bit through the dress you know what i mean Mm -hmm. to do that you have to build muscle you have to put on muscle mass you know whether you're male or female you have to put on muscle mass and doing that you have to do some type of progressive overload and a way to measure that so let's say for example for six weeks you want to um you know you're starting off with 10 pounds you're doing you know some squats for example let's say after week two or week three, those squats are easy. You're knocking them out. You're not even tired after the workout, right? You're just happy you accomplished it. You got your workout done for the day. You move on. Six weeks from then, you notice like, yo, the scale's not moving. I don't see any inches changing in my waist, you know, and it gets to a point where, you know, I tell people you're not uncomfortable enough, right? You have to find ways in a scalable way to make yourself uncomfortable every week. So that can be adding a few more reps than you did the week prior or adding maybe just going up in those five pounds, right? Five pounds can make a big difference in your progress than more people think, you know what I mean? So try to find ways to, we tell people to write out their workouts. If you feel good, challenge yourself to go up a couple reps, a couple, um, uh, a couple, um, go up a couple pounds and you'll yeah. be surprised and then when people start to just progressively just add a little bit of weight or add a little bit more reps then they see that the plateau is ending right they yeah. see that the weight falling off or the weight gaining whatever the goal is so i think with that example why the random doesn't work because let's say like you said you're doing squats with two 10 pound weights if you're in a class that is doing 
um, all lower body that day. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh, I did 10 last week. I can only do five right now. It might be because of what you did prior. It might be because it's a hit class and it's, you're going really fast and you can't do 10 pounds really fast. So then you might think, Oh, I'm not strong enough for tens yet but you are, you're just not doing it the same way you were doing before. Then you go do a next class tomorrow and it's a full strength class and you're only doing 10 reps of squats. And you're like, Oh, I can do 10 pounds for 10 reps. Like you're always just randomly doing different weights in those squats. Mm -hmm. So how do you know when you're strong enough to progress? If you're just always doing a random squat here and there. And that's kind of where that progressive overload, you want to do some of the same workouts and you can change little things here and there in the workout, but you want to be able to say, I did deadlift, then squat, deadlift, then squat, deadlift, then squat. And then each time it was the same when you're progressing five pounds and deadlift five pounds Mm -hmm. in the squats, you know, versus doing like I ran three miles and then I did a deadlift and squat. Mm -hmm. The weights can be different. You might be more fatigued or tired in that weight, you know? So doing the random workouts, it's really hard to scale and measure where those changes can be implemented. For sure. And that's where just like you mm-hmm. doing like the app workouts and you have a trainer, like you understand like programming and how, yes. yeah. you know, programming more weights or more reps from week to week, you can see and feel the progress, you know, and, and a matter of, we've had people just go up five pounds and in a matter of weeks, they're like, yo, I've lost five pounds. Like what, what happened? Like, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. make a huge difference, you know? Yeah. And to your point, honestly, and the other way around, random workouts can work especially if you've been following something for a long period of time. So let's say you've been following the same program, you repeated it, you know, for 12 weeks or so, and then you start to see yourself plateau. Again, you have to find ways to make yourself uncomfortable. So you can throw in something different or some random different activities that's in line with what you were already doing to just shock your body. So if you were, you know, going on a run once a week, maybe do uh, a bike, you know what I mean? Just a different stimulus, change it up because your body is smart, right? Your body, you know, we, it's a lot of things that we don't even have to think about within our body that's going on. So your body's smart. It can expect certain things. When you go into a workout and you've done it 10 times before, your body knows what to expect. You yeah. instantly prepare for it. Whereas when you go into a workout and you have no idea, like when you have a trainer, a lot of cases, you have no idea what to expect when you see your trainer. He has this whole thing written out and, and, you, like, do and you just do what he says <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's a shock to your body because you're not expecting it mentally or physically and your body is going to grow. And then next time, you know, you might be super sore and your body's like, yo, I don't want to feel that again. I'm going to repair, use all the nutrients you're getting from your your diet and, and your recovery. And then you, you're able to attack the next workout even yeah. better. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Do you guys agree that for any workout, it should be a minimum of six to eight weeks to, that you do that same, like, let's say it's like a three day split. Um, and you do, let's say you do a three day split and you do that same three day split for at least six to eight weeks, but you're focused on progressive overload. Um, is that usually the amount of time that you recommend? Um, or would you push it a little bit longer? I'd say six weeks. I would say at least six at weeks. Least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because also I think um another thing with progressive overload, it might take you a couple of weeks to go up even five pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I feel like especially when you're focused on the form, mm-hmm. you could go up on weight and then your form is off and then you're not even working that muscle anymore. Sure. You know, so I feel like at least six weeks because it might take you week three or four before you feel comfortable enough in your form or strength to even go up five or 10 pounds, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, Mm -hmm. it takes some time. And I think that's the other thing people get bored and they get impatient. So three weeks in, they're like, I haven't even gotten up in my squats yet. Like it's not working. I'm going to go take a class, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
the, the patience and the progressive, it's progressive, you know, it's not called quick overload. Yeah. You know? so, the, oh, go ahead. No, oh, sorry. I was letting you finish. But um, yeah, it's kind of like, let's say you gain 30 pounds over the course of six months, right? You didn't gain the weight in three weeks. Overnight. Yeah, you know I mean? exactly. So people have to understand the concept. It's like you, you, you lose how you gain or you gain how you lose. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to take some time. It's going to take your body getting acclimated, but people can tell you, you give yourself that six weeks of con- number one consistency. A lot of yeah. people miss that. It's like, I follow the program, but it's like you did two days, one week, you did one day, yeah. the other week. Yeah. Like you have to follow it and be consistent with it. It has to become part of your just normal life and normal routine. Six weeks is usually a good amount of time to where people can, if, if they don't see results, they at least feel it. Yeah. Right? They feel stronger. They can see that certain something's moving, something's, something's moving. And, and a lot, and for, for a lot of people, we have a pretty decent and large and wide demographic on our YouTube. Uh, a lot of our older, um, uh, subscribers, they have said they, they lose a lot of pain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they do mm. certain they do um they're consistent with certain exercises where they're like i don't necessarily see any progress on the scale to where i'm losing weight but like my back doesn't hurt anymore right you're strengthening the muscles that that really that move the joints you know what i mean so it's a lot of ways that you can see uh benefits of progressive overload than just trying to be hyper focused on whatever your goal is Yeah, yeah 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 well that brings me to another question that i had that is again something that i had to unlearn i think as women especially we're always focused on the number on the scale of oh i want to lose weight but the thing with strength training if you it is you know, you guys were saying like, it's hard to get bulky, right? A lot of women are like, I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to get bulky. I want to get toned. It's like, it's actually really, really hard to put on muscle and it's really hard to get bulky. It would be nice if it was easier, um, to be honest, like it would be nice if it was easier to get bulky, but it is not easy. Um, and so I think it's really important for men and women to understand that you have to be, if you want to put on muscle, you have to be eating at your maintenance calories or in a slight, slight surplus. You cannot be eating in a calorie deficit and be putting on muscle. You can eat in a calorie deficit. And if you're eating enough protein, you can maintain your muscle, but you can't put on muscle. So can you talk about that? Because I think there's this misconception, you know, people want to get toned, they want to put on muscle, but they also want to lose weight. So let's like set the record straight on how that works. Yeah. I think exactly what you just said, you cannot put on muscle without being at least maintenance or a slight surplus. Mm -hmm. And I think that people really don't understand what a surplus means. So I think people think like, oh, my maintenance is like 1500 calories. It's not probably right. Mm -hmm. It's like, most likely your calorie maintenance level is a lot higher than what you're eating or what you've been taught to be eating. So I think starting there with understanding what your true calorie consumption should be, um, because still to this day, we see people preaching a 1200 calorie diet or under calories or less, like how literally how, you know? And then I think on top of that, when you are strength training, you are increasing your metabolism. So you may be hungrier and they're like, this isn't working. I'm just getting hungry. And I'm like, that, it's that's, working, that's you know? So mm-hmm. that's where that surplus comes in. And if you're not, you're hungrier, you need to be feeding and fueling that muscle. Yeah. And if you're not, it can't repair, it can't build. Yeah. You know? and, so, and to that point, I'm, I'm a prime example. I used to not necessarily aim to eat at a 
at maintenance, but I was doing more like super heavy lifting and lifting at maintenance calories. And it got to a point where I wasn't recovering. Like I was, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. going, I'm working out six times a week and my body's craving probably 3,200 calories and I'm giving it 2,500 and it got to mm-hmm. a point where I felt great. I look great, but about week six or week seven, I'm in pain. My yeah. knees hurt, right? My body's mm-hmm. breaking down. And people, I think people don't understand that if you're not eating enough, you you will go backwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people get frustrated because they'll go three weeks of not eating enough calories and they, they put on weight. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know when I'm going to get enough food. So I have to hormone imbalance. Yeah, hormone imbalances. I have to hold as much as I can in. I have to hold this water as much because I'm I'm going into starvation mode, essentially. You know yeah. what I mean? I think understanding the consequences of not fueling your body properly uh, will help people understand that you have to give it. It's fuel. I think yeah. people, a lot of people think it's just, you know, you're just being greedy. No, you need food. Yeah. You enough food if you're burning a lot of energy you have to replace that energy yeah and if not more you know what I mean? yeah and i think also like we said too then if you're worried about being bulky one you have to be really tearing apart the muscle yeah. in order for it to repair to rebuild it like so doing five pound weights you're probably not gonna tear down a muscle if i'm holding a five pound weight and i'm squatting it's probably not gonna tear apart my quad unless you're doing like 500 reps today right and so and then on top of that after i've broken down i have to replenish with enough protein like a lot of protein i have to get in carbs for the energy and i need a sufficient amount of fat all of those things in a slight surplus mm-hmm. a surplus for me can be probably probably around like 2,600 calories right now. That's hard to do. 2,600 calories. Wow. You know what I mean? So I think people also underestimate what it takes to really get, unless you're eating fast food every day and like eating like high caloric, awful meals, Mm. it's hard to reach 2,600 calories to get into a surplus to make myself bulky, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it can be good depending on the goals for women to be in a slight slight surplus, um, to be able to put on muscle. And then you can go into a deficit after you've spent some time there. But I think like, from my perspective, people should be spending the majority of the year eating at maintenance, not in a deficit. And then they should be spending like 10 to 12, 16 weeks max in a deficit, take a break, go back to maintenance, then go back. Like you shouldn't be in a deficit be all year, which is like what most of the clients that I work with, they're dieting more than they're not. And they also like, they've slowed down their metabolism so much by yo-yo dieting and eating such low calories that to your point, they think, oh, I've been maintaining my weight on 1400 calories. That's not your maintenance. That's what's happened because your hormones have been downregulated and your metabolism has been downregulated. So if somebody wants to understand, so for those listening, maintenance calories are the amount of calories and it's a range. It's not like an exact number that you need to be eating in order to maintain your weight. And keep in mind that that's going to fluctuate based on how many carbs you've had because carbs hold on to water. Um, if you're retaining water where you are in your cycle, if you're a female, um, if you've gone to the bathroom, I mean, so many different things. So within a few pounds, how would you guys help someone to find their true maintenance if they've been, let's say like yo-yo dieting, eating really low, like how would you help someone get to their maintenance if they still wanted to lose weight, if that makes sense? Like they need to get to their maintenance first and then drop calories from there. I think for me, I would start first, see where they're at, you Mm -hmm. know, and 
I don't like, how do I say this? I don't think people should be counting calories forever. I don't, yeah, think I, agree. I don't think that it's a way to live. Um, but I do think it's good to be able to understand where you are at. And exactly. because a lot of times, um, peanut butter, for example, someone oh, might gosh. say like, well, I just had a piece of toast with a tablespoon of peanut butter. The tablespoon might've been two tablespoons, three. you know, or three. <laughs> yeah. Like so easy to do. So easy. And so I think, um, tracking in a sense to understand where you are. And then from there, also understanding what nutrients you're getting in. Whereas peanut butter, again, where they're like, I'm getting a lot of protein. I had toast with peanut butter. That's a ton of protein. Peanut butter is a fat, you know? So understanding what you're eating, what macro and micronutrients you're getting in. Mm -hmm. Are you lacking in protein? Are you lacking in carbs? Are you lacking in fat? Um, And then from there, kind of structuring your calories in a way of increasing the things that we need. So if you're short on protein, you know, let's say you're, you're at 1400 calories, we'll start there and we'll slowly increase, but we'll increase in the ways of adding in the macronutrients that you need. So let's try to focus on getting in more protein first, then we'll focus in on your carbs are low. Let's increase those a little and just doing it incrementally Mm -hmm. one, not to mess up digestion. Like if you just start adding in 600 extra calories a day, you're going to start having other issues. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. definitely, starting off slow and intentionally. Um, And that includes micronutrients too. If you're not eating enough, you're probably deficient in certain nutrients. You may have hormone disruptions. You may, there are so many other things, or if your sodium super high Mm -hmm. and you're holding on to a lot of water, we need to find why is your sodium so high? Are you eating a lot of processed foods? Are you, you know, so less about just like only just, Hey, let's just pull your calories up, Mm -hmm. but also pulling it up in a way that is going to help get them to their end goal too. We can just pull your calories up and be like, add 500 calories. And you're like, cool. Six tablespoons of peanut butter. Being intentional about what we're adding, why we're adding calories and what are you lacking? For sure. And and to that point, like she, she said, you know, a lot of times you track, we we teach people to track, to learn, not track, to live. You know I love that. Tracking will help you, you know, Again, understand what foods have certain amount of calories, yeah. certain amount of protein. What so you're like, eating. So, like, we've been doing it so long. Like, I know a chicken breast, I can get, a, like, 40 grams of protein yeah. like, from the ones that we buy. You know what I mean? So, we're to a point where I can understand incrementally, like, you know, what, how much protein I'm getting from each source. And once you get to a point where you, you kind of develop a regimen and a routine around your eating mm-hmm. to where even if you eat out, you still have a, a good idea of what you're consuming. Again, you don't know what they're putting in the food to the tea, but you can kind of gauge and guess if you go to a, a, a um, you know, a little shop and get a, a chicken salad, you can kind of gauge to where you are protein wise or where you are carb wise throughout yeah. the day, you know, and it helps yeah. people learn. And then also when you get to a certain point where you've been doing it so long, you, you develop the routine. It also allows you to listen to your body too, as well. It teaches you like, I'm to a point where I like, I'll feel, I, I feel like I know when I need protein throughout yeah. the day. I'm like, yo, I didn't eat any protein today. I, I feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it allows you to listen to your body and that's what, like, as trainers, we can only teach you how to listen to your body. We don't know what your body is feeling, right? So that's why we ask the questions. How are you feeling today? Are you fatigued from the workout yesterday? Are you recovering? Are you sleeping well? You know, yeah. all those different questions are vital in understanding how the food or if they're eating enough or if they're not eating enough, or if they're getting certain nutrients or Signs not. of overtraining. It's like, are you getting in enough protein? Exactly. Are you sleeping enough? Exactly. Enough? And all of that mm-hmm. helps them understand, like, oh, maybe, you know, it helps them understand, like, you know, how to incorporate certain macronutrients and micronutrients if they're not feeling a particular way. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm so glad you made that point because there's so much fear out there about, 
you know, macro tracking and calorie counting to begin with, because it can be really triggering when people come from diet culture and you go to my fitness pal, you put in your weight, your height, it's like, Oh, eat 1200 calories a day. And then people are eating nothing. And I've been there, you know, that's my whole story is I yo-yo dieted for 12 years and was eating extremely low calories over exercising, not really seeing results or, you know, I'd see results, but then I'd put the weight right back on. And I think there's just all this fear. And I, for a long time, even as a new coach was like, not about having people track because it was so triggering for me. And I didn't want to put that onto my clients, but I think it's what you're saying. It's if you don't, it gives you the knowledge. If you don't know how much you're consuming and how foods are making you feel, it's really hard to make a change and to make a change that's actually going to be sustainable because you want to be losing. If your goal is weight loss, you want to be losing it in a way that's a healthy amount of weight that you're losing, but also if you're strength training, you want to be holding on to that muscle. You don't want to be losing muscle and fat, which then slows down your metabolism even more. And it doesn't give you the weight loss look that you're looking for anyway. And then you don't have any energy. You're not sleeping well, your digestion's all over the place. And so I think it really is like that knowledge is power and it's understanding how do I feel when I have X amount of protein versus when I don't, do I feel better when I have more carbs and less fat or more fat and less carbs? It's learning self-trust because I think so often we don't trust ourselves. We trust what everyone else is telling us to do and what these numbers are saying. So we just put this number in, that's the goal, but it's like, you also have to track other biomarkers. Are you recovering from your workouts? Are you feeling stronger? Are you feeling confident? It's not just about the weight on the scale because that says actually very little. So I think like truly understanding how much am I eating? How do I feel when I'm eating this amount? Do I need to like switch around my macros? So I'm actually supporting my goals and making progress in my hormones and my sleep and my satiety, my cravings. Um, and it's really amazing when you do that because it allows you to connect better with your body and tune in. And then to your point, Julius, when you don't have enough protein, you're like, Oh, okay. I know I felt like shit today. Like I, didn't get in that extra protein shake that I normally have, or I was eating out on vacation and everything we had was like vegan, you know, or whatever. Um, which I'm not saying you can't get enough protein as a vegan, but if you're not intentional about it, it is really hard to, to get in enough protein and to also be cognizant of like your fiber and there's these other nutrients that are actually going to support the way you want to feel. And so I think that's a really important point to make. Um, when you guys have a client who let's say that you are reversing up their calories, you're slowly adding or recommending that they add on more calories. They get to a point where maybe they've found maintenance because they've maintained their weight for a couple of weeks and then they still want to lose weight. To go into a deficit, what would be your approach? So for those listening, can you explain what a deficit is and kind of what your approach would be for someone who wants to lose weight, but still also strength train and see results in the gym? Um, I'll kind of, I'll use myself as an example. Um, just like for a wedding, for example, I of course wanted to lose some body fat, look good in my dress, you know, feel good. But I also knew right after the wedding, we're going on our honeymoon. There's going to be a ton of wedding cake left over. Yes. You know, there's my yeah. eating if I were to just starve myself before the wedding and just be super 
like in an extreme caloric deficit. And then as soon as the wedding's over, just start eating cake, go on the honeymoon. Of course, on the honeymoon, I'll eat whatever I want. You know, I would blow up like a fish. I would put like pounds on that week. So basically what I did was I found my maintenance level, um, probably like six to eight weeks out, I slowly started to decrease my calories. And by slow, I mean like 50 to a hundred calories a week. If that, if like, that yeah. it was very slow to where I gave myself enough time to still see results. And I mean, I probably had a few pounds of body fat to lose, you know, so mm-hmm. it also depends on what your goal is, your timeline for your goal, but starting slow gives you the opportunity to one, make changes along the way. Um, but two, once you've gotten to that deficit that you want to be, mm-hmm. I would say probably I wouldn't recommend more than like a 500 calorie deficit, especially starting off, like getting to a 500 calorie yeah, deficit after deep mining. Yeah. Because yeah. anything more than that one, it's probably not going to be sustainable. And then two, it, you're probably not going to feel good. So then you're in a calorie deficit, but are you maintaining your workouts? Are you staying consistent with everything else that comes mm-hmm. along with losing body fat. Cause like you said, you don't want to lose muscle and fat at the same time. That's going to slow down your metabolism. And now your goal is to lose body fat, but you're holding on to it or you're mm-hmm. burning it at a slower rate. Sure. So going into a deficit slowly is just going to help you to also maintain more muscle. You can also make changes to the macronutrients. So I can say like, I'm just going to decrease my carbs a little, or I'm just going to decrease my fat a little. I'm going to keep my protein the same do that for a week or two and see how I feel. Yeah. For me personally, when I cut my carbs too low, I get migraines so bad. I get such fatigue. We're up early, like 5 a.m. every day. If my yeah. carbs too low and I don't have energy, it affects my work. I'm fatigued. I can't get out of bed, you know? So you want to go slowly just to also give your body a chance to respond mm-hmm. to what you're cutting, how much you're cutting, so you can see how you feel. Yeah. Did I cut my carbs too low? Okay, I need to keep it at this for another week or two because I'm fatigued, you know? Yeah. It's just so. getting people out of the mindset that drastic change means drastic results. That's not... Yes. They think like, all right, I've, I've, the more I cut the calories, the more I'm going to lose weight. The faster, the faster I'll get there. Yeah. I mean, whereas if you, again, your body is smart. And if you do something very drastic, it can respond negatively. And that's yeah. usually what ends up making people go even, you know, it's, it's a, it's detrimental essentially. You know what I mean? So yeah. just doing it in small pieces allows you to, again, track it and scale it, right? Yeah. You're scaling what your goal is and then you're able to feel out, all right. I'm, I cut it, you know, it's been six weeks. I've cut my calories by 300, but I'm a little bit hungry. Maybe I should go yep. up a hundred calories. You can right? listen to that. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just making those small incremental changes. People think, I think they, people need to understand like how much a hundred calories can make a difference from day yeah. to day. I'll tell, this, yeah. I'll tell this story all the time. I had a client, I obviously won't say his name, but he was amazing. He worked hard. He came in and when we continued to do some progressive overload, he shocked his body. You know, we shocked his body with different um, movements, similar movements. But over the course of time, he was losing weight, dropping weight. And then it hit like a, a crazy plateau. It was like three weeks where we didn't even see, you know, he was going up. And we and I was trying to figure out, is he, you know, he was telling me what he was eating. We were tracking everything. And then one time I went downstairs um, we had a smoothie bar at the gym we were at and I saw him getting a smoothie. I was like, okay, Gavin, you, you track your smoothie. He's like, wait, well, why? <gasps> yeah. And yeah. he didn't, he, I mean, it sounds crazy, but like, he didn't think the smoothie had like, a, he just thought like fruit smoothie. It can't be 
that crazy, right? Tell her how many calories it had. This is one of my favorite smoothies on the menu. <laughs> and it has 650 calories. And Dang. Was, it didn't matter. And he was yeah. thinking like, it's just fruit, right? Yeah. It's just fruit and almond milk. But it was it was almond butter. It was chia seeds. It was a lot of protein powder. Protein powder. Yeah. It was a lot of different. And it things was great. It. it was a good smoothie. I, you know, like just been using it. But he was like, I don't. I thought it was just for recovery, like like drinking water. Yeah. Like, and I was yeah. like, that that was the three <laughs> that weeks adds up. <laughs> yeah, three days a, a week. He was having that, and yeah. three days a week. Every time I saw him, he would get that smoothie, and he had, and and he. I asked him, when did you start getting a smoothie? Again, he was getting into fitness, right? He was trying to get some protein shakes to get yeah. extra, but uh, or get calories, whatever it was. But um, it got to a point he was filling his body. But then when we start to do the math and calculate things, that's where we found the missing. Um, <laughs> wow, he was gaining a significant amount of weight, and I was like, "What's happening?" Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> um, well, that's a great point to make because that's another benefit of tracking. It's kind of like you have to learn the skill and the, and have the tools first until it's almost like you kind of have to earn the right to intuitive eat a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's, I'm all about intuitive eating. And I think that should be the goal for most people. I don't think that the goal should be, Oh, I'm just going to track everything for the rest of my life. Like that's not sustainable. And I, I really feel like you should have one day a week where you're not tracking. I think that that's important or like meals, a couple of meals a week where you're not, or if you're on vacation, you're not, you know, I think having balance, but like doing it for a period of time. So you actually understand how certain foods make you feel and then transitioning into like what you guys are saying to then you understand you're like, Oh, this is definitely six ounces of protein. Like you don't have to do it as much. You're in a good groove with it. Your calories aren't so low because you've built back your metabolism. You're eating more on maintenance. So you have more wiggle room. Um, and then you can start like intuitive eating more, especially if your goal is weight loss. Like if, if you don't care about that and you want to just maintain or gain weight, it's, you know, you don't really need to worry about that as much. Um, but what I was going to say is I think just the other thing is that people don't realize like the little habits that they have. And even with my own family, like my dad, I've tried to get him to track and, you know, he's like, Oh, I probably eat this much. And then whenever I'm home, I see him like going in the snack drawer multiple times. And I'm like, Oh, you didn't tell me about like, do you do this every day? And he's like, Oh, just like a little handful here and there. He's like, probably just like a few nuts. And I look and it's like, no, that's like your whole palm size. And you're going back multiple times. <laughs> and like you, and he doesn't even realize it. It's just a reflex, you know? Yes. I think too, that's where sometimes tracking can be not good where they're like, I tracked everything. It's not working, but you forgot to add in those handful of nuts and like all of these things. And you're like, I was tracking everything. I only ate 1700 calories, but I gained weight, but you really had 2300 calories, yeah. you know? And I think yeah. little like that, where they get too focused on like, I tracked, I tracked, it didn't work, but it's like, do you not attract correctly? Are you yeah. using a food scale or using measuring cups or are you just eyeballing, you yeah. know? So I think sometimes that's where people think like tracking and doesn't work, but you just may not be doing it correctly too. Yeah. I think so. tracking is also a reality check for a lot of people yeah. because stuff that yeah. people are healthy or thought, you know, 
you know, just a few coffee creamer, like coffee cream. Well, like I, I had a client that yeah. did coffee creamer oh, every day. And when I was like, okay, pour it in a cup, what you usually do. And then when she measured out how much that was, it was 125 calories in coffee creamer cream twice it. a day. Twice mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. It was a sugary creamer. It wasn't like a, a clean creamer too. So then on top of that, it had a ton of sugar in it. It had half the sugar she needed for an entire day, just from two cups of coffee. Yeah. And well, she, and that's, you said 120, so that's like 240 calories a day, which is actually could be like, that would be my deficit, the most that I would ever do for a deficit. Cut and that. just like cutting that out, it's like I could start losing weight and it would be like, that's pretty easy, right? Or you just switch it for one that's less calories, like the Nut Pods Creamer, which is like 10 calories a tablespoon. And it's great. So those little habit the realization of habits that you have and then finding swaps for them and finding ways to not feel deprived. Cause I think that's the key too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I feel like you guys have just such a balanced approach and that's what I love. And yeah, I think for people listening that are wanting to see results, I would definitely keep up with your channel download your app because you really have, I mean, I know you have recipes. So since we're on the nutrition and um, strength training combination at this point, like how would, can you guys describe what your app is like? Because I know that you have recipes and stuff like that too. So if people just want to get started, um, what can they, how can they get started with you? Um, so this is, we actually use the app, like the app is for anyone. We try to make it a place where people first off can learn. Yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, people try out these different workout programs, but they're just like, they're reading, they're following, and they're not understanding what they're actually doing. Like we want people to actually learn that a squat works your quad and your glute muscles, you know what I mean? Like to understand what exercises work, what muscles, and then also just give people more resources than just working out because, you know, we try not to be, we, we don't want to be one dimensional in a sense of just providing people workouts, essentially just on our YouTube. Um, that's where people um, love about us or our, our YouTube workouts, how, you know, easy they are to follow. Um, but the app is giving people more of an opportunity to just learn about circuit style training and strength training, progressive overload, and just get a good sense of like, all right, if you have a you know, if, you, if you're just getting into working out, the follow along workouts are great, right? Yeah. They give you the motivation, they give you the structure, you follow along, they allow you the opportunity to um, progress and, and maybe go up in weights or go up in reps or increase your intensity. But it comes a point in time where, you know, even that it, you may plateau to a certain point where you need to kind of get nitty gritty, right? You have to get more specific within your program, especially if you have specific goals. And so, more time under tension. And more time under tension, right? So this is the app is where we um, kind of take all of that and, and put people in a realm where they can learn circuit style training, but also learn the nutrition and how that works with your circuit style training. And then also learning recovery, how important that is. I used to work out six days a week. And I was, uh, I got to a point where I plateaued. I cut out one day of working out of just strength training and I was, I, I felt better. I looked better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just helping people understand all the things that go into reaching their goals other than just working out or trying to eat healthy. Yeah. And then we also have um, motivational videos too, as well, because there are a lot of things people don't talk about the in-betweens of just trying to reach a fitness goal, right? If you're trying to lose 20 pounds, nobody talks about, you know, when you get sick, what do you do then? Or what do you do when you sprain your ankle? And or that you're not motivated. Or you're not day. motivated yeah. every day. You know, we don't, you know, we're trainers. We love working out, but there's some days where we don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't feel like we know we have to. We know it's, 
you know, and it's it's the days where you don't feel like it. Those are the best days in most yeah. cases. But a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people have to understand that and learn that. So we have motivational videos uh, within the app as well to kind of teach people the in-betweens of strength training or just working out in a fitness journey uh, in general. And it allows them to kind of have a great mental space to where they understand like, oh, wow, you guys go through this too. Or you guys understand I've went through this before. Wow, yeah. these are great tips to help me get through days while I'm not as motivated or I need just a little pick me up to get me going and keep me yeah. working toward my goals. So I think it's different from our YouTube. It, it is very different from our YouTube, but I think in a sense of the YouTube, it's strictly follow along workouts on the app. You're going to get programs. So it's going to tell you day one, do this day two, do this. So it's structured out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then pretty much everything we've talked about today, we also have videos Got on it. all of those things. So guides on how to progress your training program. So it's a six week program on the app, but it's not going to be the same for you as it is for me, right? Like you might be able to progress on your squats. It might say three sets of 12 and you're like, oh, I feel like I need to add another set and do four sets. Mm -hmm. So we have videos to teach you when it's time to go up in sets, when it's time to go up in reps, Mm -hmm. um, a whole nutrition guide. So kind of talking about um, finding your calories, whether you're in maintenance, a surplus or a deficit, how to progress or decrease, decrease in calories. So mm-hmm. all of the things we pretty much talked about today too, we have guides on the app teaching you how to do those things. Cause like you say, we don't want to just give you a program be like, do this and you'll lose 20 pounds. Cause yeah. it's not everyone. So you have to learn how to progress things or regress things for you and your body. And that's how you're going to see the best results. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of it is just having grace with yourself and your learning as you go. And so you got to, yeah, I think with any program, because, you know, I have a one-on-one coaching program too. And the thing is like, I think people come from a background of wanting to be told what to do and they feel like, okay, if I just follow this to a T, I'll see results. But it doesn't, unless, you know, these programs that are really restrictive, if they put you in really low calories and give you a ton of cardio, yeah, you're going to lose weight, but you're not going to be able to sustain it. And you're not going to learn your body and understand what actually feels good for you. And, you know, you're going to have to play around with it. Does three days a week of working out work best for you and your schedule and your recovery? Or maybe it's just two days a week. And, you know, maybe it's not starting with macro tracking. Maybe it's just starting with eating more whole foods and seeing how you feel drinking more water. Yeah. So I love that you have the motivation, um, built in there. Um, just a few more questions. We'll put your app in the show notes so people can check it out as well as your YouTube channel. There's a couple of things we didn't touch on. And I just really want people to understand. I think we talked a lot about protein and most people don't understand how much protein they actually need. Um, I find that most of my clients are unintentionally under eating protein. So what's your recommendation for protein? And then a couple more after that. For protein, um, we usually, especially if you're strength training, we'll recommend starting with 0.8 to 1.1 grams per pound. So another way to, or per pound of body weight, sorry. So another way to look at that too, is like your goal body weight. So for example, if I'm aiming to be around 120 pounds, I'm trying to eat that in grams of protein. So Mm -hmm. 120 grams, that's usually a good place to start. Um, but like he said, if you feel like if you're doing heavier strength training or you're trying to put on muscle, you'll probably need a little bit more than that. And Mm -hmm. if you're feeling like I'm not recovering well, I'm eating 120 grams, but I'm not recovering well, maybe increase that a little bit, say like five or 10 grams. You'll five or 10 grams is a couple of ounces of chicken. You know, that might be a game changer in your recovery. So 
first starting with like a gram per pound of body weight and then adjusting it as, as your strength training, if you're going heavier, if you're not going as heavy and you're kind of lifting for more maintenance, you can mm-hmm. get away with a little bit lower, but the more you're depleting and breaking apart that muscle, the more protein you're going to want to have to help yeah. recover. And a lot of people find when they, especially people who first start strength training, when they understand like when they start to increase their protein, because a lot of, a lot of times we're, we're more, America is more carb based. Like it's just carb <laughs> everywhere. Mm-hmm. Got bag of chips forever. But um, a lot of times when people start to understand how the protein, um, you know, filters in with their strength training, they start to feel a, a huge difference in a yeah. matter of weeks because they've been depleted or not eating enough protein for probably most of their lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? So once they really understand how much that plays a role, especially within strength training and recovery, that's a huge thing we preach also too, just because, you know, once some sometimes people get you know, they get into a groove where they, they lose 20 pounds and they're motivated. Like they, they're, they're, they're going hard. They're adding days, they're adding workouts. And then it gets to a point where they're not recovering. And yeah. then they start to learn, you know, how much you know, their food involves uh, recovery, how much their sleep involves with recovery and how much progress they're making too. So, um, you know, definitely recommend that as far as protein. But I've started at a certain standard where, you know, I did, I started at like 0.8, which for me was like 160 grams. And right away after one week, I was like, I, I don't feel good. Like, yeah. I gotta, wow. I need so more. 175, 180. And then you start to, again, you teeter tighter, you fill it out, you know, keeping your program consistent. And then I, I kind of sit around the 180 ish to 190 area. That's where I feel really good. And days where I don't get it, I feel it. Yeah. Like, literally, I feel it. So, same, same. And it also helps so much with cravings. Like I find that if you're eating enough protein, you have way less like sugar cravings and just, yeah, you don't have those obsessive thoughts around food. I think it's really important to find the balance that works for you. I feel like if you want to be more intuitive with it, it's helpful to start with a calorie range, um, not like a, a specific number because that gets super obsessive, but like a range and then a protein goal trying to hit that protein goal within 10% and then kind of letting your carbs and fat fall where they may intuitively. Do you guys agree with that? Absolutely. And that's kind of how we eat for ourselves. Like we focus on the protein because that's what kind of affects us the most. And then for me, after that, I'm a little more carb heavy, whereas he it kind of depends on the day, you know, but for me, I, I structure my protein. I try to hit a certain goal on protein after that. I just kind of see how I'm feeling. Um, and, and same, like he, he, like he said, if he doesn't get in his protein, you feel feel it right away. So if I, if I'm hungry and I'm like, Oh, I haven't hit my protein today, I'm going for the protein first. And then the rest of the meal is just kind of like, whatever fits in with the protein that I'm eating. What are some of your quick protein go-tos like for people that want to get in quick protein on the go? Honestly, I like having chicken prepped. Like I've had chicken for breakfast. I've had like chicken breast. That's easy for me because I can shred it. I can put it on in a tortilla. There's so many quick things you can do with Mm -hmm. it. Um, And then I like to have a protein shake every now and then. I know for people that if your stomach is sensitive, like he doesn't really handle protein shakes very well too. So I think just finding like, I like chomps sticks yeah. too. Those are like chomps. Those are like my road trip protein snacks. Yeah. So. yeah. Just having like protein as a snack can be a game changer. That, yeah. that helped me a lot because yeah. a lot of my snacks were just fruit and, you know, just snack more snack foods that you would typically simple think sugars. of simple sugars yeah exactly <laughs> but once i started to switch to like 
you know, there's always some protein or some lean meat in the fridge that she has left over, whether it's like ground turkey or, um, you know, sometimes we'll and we'll we'll make extra for dinner, too, as well, to where we'll, we always have a protein in place. We can surround it with, with, with whatever, whatever, fits else, yeah. Yeah, whatever fits in. So um, protein is definitely a, a key to our success, especially we work out consistently. We we both strength train pretty heavy every single week. So it's pretty vital for us. Like it's, it's like brushing our teeth. We have to make sure we have it in. So. Yeah. 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 And then, um, for people who get sick or have an injury, like you just did juice. Oh, how do you, like, what do you recommend for someone who's really been in a great routine? Something like that happens. And, all of a sudden you feel like, oh man, I'm just not going to make any progress. Like what, what do you do mentally? Cause I think that can be really hard. Um, it's tough. I mean, and it also, you know, it depends on the setback or whatever you're going through, but, um, even nutrition wise, I had to make a lot of adjustments. I went from, it was six to eight weeks where I was sitting on the couch. I can't yeah. move. I have to rest my leg. Um, my calories drastically changed. You know what I mean? How, spending as much I'm energy. not spending as much energy. So that was tough for me to, obviously I'm, I'm mentally dealing with the injury, but also figuring out like, how do I maintain yeah. as much as I, you know, you work so hard to all, all year we worked hard to build, to reach a certain goal and build a certain body or to feel a certain way and to have that all kind of go at a halt. You know what I mean? It's tough to deal with mentally. And then you have to also figure out how to work around it, you know, and that's what we, we actually just put out a video. Shameless, shameless, <laughs> shameless plug about setbacks. Um, awesome. So, yeah, just telling people, you know, that it happens to everybody. You know, it's it's reaching, having a fitness goal is not, it's never, I'm not going to say never, but in most cases, it's not perfect. At some point, you may get sick or your schedule is thrown off to where you can't consistently do your workouts or you're, you know, you have a major injury where you're out potentially for a year, right? There are a lot of things that can happen that you just, nobody prepares for, yeah. you know what I mean? So um, we just try to encourage people throughout that video that there's, there's a workaround in, in some way, case or form, right? There's, I don't have my, my Achilles, right? I, I haven't been able to do a lot of lower body exercises, which if you, if you know us, like leg workouts are probably 60% Never skip of our program. Leg day. You know <laughs> yeah. I mean? How important, like, you know, your legs are your biggest muscles in your body. So to take that away, I had to figure out like, I'm not burning as much energy. You know, I really want to work out and train, especially mentally, uh, just to get off the couch. So how do I work around not having a leg? And you start you start to develop a plan. And it, and it takes first just accepting that you're going through this, right? Yeah. You can't just like, you know, a lot of times people get down on the injury and then they can never move forward, right? You just, and just because they can't accept that it happened and they feel sorry for themselves, which is natural. There's nothing wrong with that. I've done it before. This is my third major injury. So yeah. I've had some practice with understanding how to, how to handle it mentally, but most people, you know, we want people to understand there's, there's a workaround. There's a way that you can still reach your goal. And sometimes again, I, we mentioned this in a video, it's a blessing in disguise. Like, you know, one of my goals was to do, you know, get better at pull-ups. Like I wanted to be able to knock out like 30 pull-ups easy this year. Well, I don't have my Achilles. I'm not able to do more. Yeah. more. So now I have more, more time and energy to reach that goal. You know yeah. what I mean? I can hit certain goals that I probably wouldn't hit as fast as if this didn't happen. I'll yeah. focus on this when it's ready. I can hit other goals and, and try to progress toward that end goal uh, in a different way. It's kind of just rerouting. Reroute. That's all, that's all it you is. You know, yeah. it's like, like you said, first accepting it. And then from there, like, okay, well, I can't do lower body. What can I do? Mm -hmm. And then change up the goal. And then once you have your Achilles back, you're able to one, appreciate it a lot more. And then it also makes you excited to reach that goal. Yeah. So let's say your goal was to build your legs. You can't do that now when you can, it's almost like 
new motivation where you're like, I yeah. can finally build, you know, and it's, I think it also just depends on the setback, you know, like it could be, you just have a cold and you're like, Oh, well now I can't do my hip thrust this week. I was excited to PR, but maybe that you needed that recovery. And then the next week you go back and you're even stronger than you thought you were. Mm-hmm. Cause you gave yourself a little more time to recover. Sure. So I think it just, first figuring out what is the setback accepting it and then rerouting your plan you know and it's still hard it's not not easy easy. like i i have lupus and there's days where it's like i'm fine for weeks and then i'm excited to go do a heavy workout and i wake up flared up and i'm like are you kidding like i was so excited but then i'm like you know what i'll rest today and the day i was supposed to rest i'll do that leg day that day you Mm -hmm. know so it took a long time to accept that where I'm like, I should be able to wake up and do what I want. Like, and I'm like, no, there's days you got to sit down. You Chill, know? So yeah. accepting it is the first and hardest thing. And then yeah. from there, you're able to reroute and change the plan, create a new goal yeah. um, and focus on something else. And then you, you learn through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, um, once you're limited for so long, once you get it back, you've a number, like you said, you appreciate it a lot more. And then go a lot harder and you and you can calculate things a lot better you yeah know i mean just because you you know what it's felt like to not be able to walk and then not be able to do a squat and just the simple things in life and when you're able to do it you appreciate it a so lot more, more. <laughs> you know you 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 develop a more a, a better mindset of how you're going to progress you know yeah. further moving forward yeah. so yeah i think all of that is just so helpful even just for me to hear because we all go through ups and downs and it might be an injury. It might be that you've been traveling a lot for work. It might be that there was a death in the family. Like there's always going to be curveballs. There's always going to be these things that pop up and that's just part of life. And so it's figuring out how to meet you where meet you where you're at and, yeah. you know, be able to, yeah, reroute things and also know that again, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so do what you can do. Keep your mind positive. Um, you can go into some dark places when you get injured, but it's like having a good support system and being able to focus on that. Um, so you come out the other side stronger. And then when you do come out of it, making sure that you're getting in mobility and stretching and you're really taking care of yourself so that you don't go too hard and too fast so that you're back where you were, you know? And if you're in PT, listen to your PT. (laughs) Don't try to go faster. Don't try to, you will injure yourself. Totally. Well, this has been so helpful and informative. Um, this is a little bit longer of an episode for us, but I think it's going to be really valuable. So I appreciate your time so much and yeah, share how people can keep in touch with you. Anything you want to promote? For sure. Yeah. So we are hitting a million on our YouTube channel tomorrow. So you know, it's Juice and Toya. So we appreciate all the subscribers. Um, And then our app, um, we'll send you the link to it. We'll link that. It's Juice and Toya through Playbook. Um, And then my Instagram is Toya Sherelle. And mine is Juiceton TX. (laughs) Which we'll link also. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, we'll link it. We'll link it. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you. All of it will be Juice and Toya. All Juice and Toya. So check it out. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Your growth is so inspiring. And I feel like people are going to learn so much about strength training and nutrition and goals, but also everything you said about how you grew your channel from really nothing and you bootstrapped it and you figured it out. And here you are hitting a million followers. Like it's so freaking inspiring for people that hear that have a dream. So thank you for that. And we'll definitely keep in touch. Yes. Thank you you so much. We appreciate you. 
Well, I personally loved hanging out with Juice and Toya. That's truly what it felt like, just talking about the things that we all love to talk about, that we're passionate about. And hopefully you feel really inspired after that and motivated as well. So be sure to give them a follow on Instagram and on YouTube and all the places. They are such a genuine, just kind supportive couple. And I think that just by connecting with them, it's going to make your day a little bit brighter. So um, definitely recommend that. And if you're enjoying our podcast so far, even if just this episode and you want to hear more amazing guests like Juice and Toya, we would love it if you could leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. That is how we grow. It's how we bring on more guests and it just means the world to us. So with that said, remember, Even if nothing feels right today, you tuning into this podcast and opening your mind is enough. Change doesn't happen overnight. So be patient and kind with yourself and good things will come. We'll see you next time. 